It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit. TV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is episode number 226, and I tell you, just like we said on the last episode, the information is churning, the rumors are burning, and we are so happy that you are tuned in right here on BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com. A big thank you to everyone uh, that is, again, rating, subscribing, reviewing, also an update. So if you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, you're all set. You're ready to rock and roll. Where are the podcast has officially been added to the TuneIn app as well. So if you're a TuneIn subscriber, right. uh, you can go and check that out and just search BGN Radio on the uh, TuneIn.com. And uh, that lovely voice you heard on the other end of the phone, of course, Mr. Teron Davenport, live from the Combine in Indianapolis. What's going on, pal? How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Excited to be able to jump on here. You know, obviously excited to be out here, so... Absolutely. Definitely ready to go. Uh, and before we get into some of the interesting stuff that has happened today, as the, the rumors were flying, as they usually do, uh, around combine time and free agencies just around the corner here, uh, and I and shouts to uh, Trev for correcting me on this, there was somebody out there that I, I, I said Patreon, and somebody's like, oh, no, no, it's Patreon. <laughs> it's, it definitely is Patreon, so I apologize uh, on the last episode there. But, uh, again, to help, and, and I forgot to mention, uh, the more important part of the Patreon, not only helping us and yourself with the rewards and all the different tiers, we got some nice, uh, awesome background video footage of this podcast that's going to be part of that Patreon 
uh, package there. It's in that $3 tier. So we have a bunch of tiers with a, d- a bunch of different bonuses at patreon.com slash BGN radio. Uh, and it, it helps us. It helps uh, pay for, you know, Tehran's uh, trips and information to you guys. But more importantly, 25% of all of that, which I forgot to mention, goes to No Kid Hungry. And it is an amazing organization that helps children find their next meal. It helps set up programs in schools that don't have a lunch or don't have breakfast programs really helps families too get nutritious, healthy meals. And that is something that we definitely want to try and accomplish along with this too. So patreon.com backslash BGN radio and all the rewards and bonuses are there for everybody. And we appreciate all your support. And once again, rating, subscribing and reviewing is a great way to help out if money is tight. So we completely understand Tehran. There is some massive, massive Eagles news that is coming out. And of course, that's Chase Daniel wanting to be. No, I'm kidding. We'll get to that in a second. The, the the bigger news was that Brandon Cooks is definitely on the trade block. After all those rumors, after all of the Sean Payton denying, after you and I, the first radio show that we did on ninety four WIP, we were talking about absolutely Brandon Cooks. We would go and do that immediately, and suddenly. The Eagles are in trade talks with him along with that and the Titans. What do you make of that, and do you think that he has a chance of landing here? I think he definitely has a chance of landing here. The the fit is there. You want to be able to marry a a young receiver like that with a young quarterback, and I I definitely think it's a match. And I mean, obviously the Titans have a a very good quarterback in Mariota, so – the offense is attractive down there as well, but I, I think that he would do best in this Eagles scheme, and he's someone the Eagles really need to get. Uh, looking at just what he brings to the table, obviously the deep threat, obviously the ability to excel on multiple trick plays, you know, the jet sweeps, the, the tunnel screens, the double reverses, et cetera. He's definitely an option there, but one of the things that is very underrated about his game is the way that he's able to high point the football. Even though he's 5'10", 190 pounds, whatever it is, uh, the guy has a, a large catch radius. And actually in one of my posts I did today, just making a case for why the Eagles need to trade for him, I, I pulled a tweet and I, it showed a video of him going up and catching an overthrow, which we know is something that obviously went, it's an area of improvement for him. But he just went up and, and, and caught a bad throw from Breeze. And, and those are the type of things that, he could do in Philadelphia. So it's something they have to look at doing. If they could circle in a guy like a Michael Kendricks or a Connor Barwin, along with a second-round pick or something like that, I think that's what it's going to take, and it's a great option. Yeah, I would, and I trust me, I, w- I would love that here. I've gone so far as if it's a first-round pick this year, I'm kind of on board with that, and I don't know necessarily, and this is from Chris Mortensen that was reporting all this uh, this morning and then into the afternoon, and then other people were, I don't know if it was speculation or if it was more or less people that were kind of jumping on board and hearing like, oh, I hear it's multiple first-rounders that they're asking for, something crazy like that. I think I saw Matt Miller tweet something out like that. I didn't really buy that. I really don't buy this much either, and this is directly from Mort. One scenario, he says, has the Titans simply trading their first-round pick at 18. That's very believable, and if you believe that, then – 15's a lot, 15 or 14 is a lot higher than that, so you could easily kind of make that swap. Then he goes on and says, but there's also right now, uh, in, uh, I guess, per sources, which have the team swapping slots in the first round. So they also have the fifth round pick from the Rams this year and swapping at 5 and 11. I think that would be absolutely crazy for the Titans to kind of do that. I, I don't see, you know, just a simple first round pick swap or going back down six slots 
for a guy like Brandon Cooks, I almost think that that's kind of a hey, this is what you were kind of doing, and if he, you know, come come with a little a little bit stronger, trying to trying to milk everything that they can out of this, I I think a first rounder and Kendricks and whatever kind of stuff you want to package together is is fine by me. I know that there is a lot of people out there that are screaming, why would you do that when you can go get a Corey Davis or whatever? We've been through that scenario a bunch of times in in every single different draft here. This is Brandon Cooks, all right? This is a guy that is back-to-back, 1,000-yard receiver. A guy that is younger than Carson Wentz, I might add, and is, you know, you can say whatever about the breeze and the system or whatever, but it's it's still, even even when he was complaining, he still gets 1,000 yards. So uh, I, I am very much on board. I think Brandon Cooks is a hell of a playmaker, and he was part of that, you know, wild wide receiver class that, you know, Chip Kelly finally might get his guy two years later <laughs> type of thing. I'm kind of holding on and saving to that. I really do think Brandon Cooks makes a, a large impact. You always bet on the guy, the NFLer that's doing it. You know, I understand. We, Me and, uh, and Teron and Ben all say, yeah, O.J. Howard would be great sometimes around there. Yes, we would all like a, a top-tier corner, but in this class, I, I think a, a first-rounder at 15 or 14 is, uh, is not that much to give up for a guy like Brandon Cooks who – you're not going to find anything better in free agency, that's for sure. Uh, and, you know, and I said this morning, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, Teron, but uh, Terrell Davenport now uh, – see, I just linked – I put your guys' names together. Uh, Terrell Pryor didn't get the tag, which I thought was kind of interesting from Cleveland. Does that become, for you, maybe more shove your chips in the middle on that guy in free agency? And if you don't, maybe head to the bargain bin and things like that. What's your read on Terrell Pryor now that he's not uh, franchise tag? No, I, I think they're going to get a deal done with Terrell Pryor. Honestly, I talked to Sashi Brown about that yesterday. You know, that was something that, that uh, I asked him about, um, you know, just him being a target and the guy they wanted to bring back. And he definitely said that they want to keep him a Brown and make him a Brown for a long time. And then if you also look at this whole thing, he and Hugh Jackson have a, an extensive relationship, uh, Pryor and Hugh Jackson, that is. So I, I definitely think that he'll be back in Cleveland uh, just another, uh, on a side note, uh, I was able to get in the, the media scrum by talking to Rams GM Les Snead, and I asked him about a couple of things that I think would be of interest to the Eagles, and obviously Kenny Britt, because Snead has said that, you know, good players need to get paid. So right away I had to jump in and say, okay, well, you had a guy break the 1,000-yard plateau, and he was a good leader for your receivers. Where are you with Kenny Britt? And he said that, you know, they're going through the process, uh, you know, the general GM speak, sure. they're going through the process. They're going to see, you know, how they could fit him in the plans. But the other thing you have to remember is there's a team that had invested a lot of money in, in Tavon Austin, you know, so that, that could be a factor in whether or not <laughs> they'd be able to bring <laughs> yeah. him back, you know. But I, in addition to Tavon Austin, because we're talking about a Brandon Cook, because we've talked about John Ross so much on the show, these are guys who were first-round picks that were under six feet. So I asked Les Snead just about the whole mindset of being focused enough to draft a guy with a high pick that's under six feet because that's something that a lot of, quote-unquote, talent evaluators, they avoid doing that just because he's under six feet. And he had an awesome answer to that. He just he said he doesn't look at the size. He, he said what you have to look at is their ability to impact the game, their ability to make big plays. And that's one of the things that he loves so much about Tavon. That's one of the things that you'll see 
is, is so valuable about a guy like a Brandon Cooks. That's what you see is so valuable about John Ross. So those were good points that he made. And I feel that that applies to a team like the Eagles. Let's say they want to use the first-round pick on John Ross. Let's say they trade a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. I think you're getting value there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I'll add Corey Coleman to that. Too, because there was uh, there was a lot of skepticism of, of of folks, you know, kind of being the number one receiver going into the class last year. And you heard about you know Treadwell, and I was you know on the Doxon train, and those guys are obviously taller and have that more kind of just standardized wide receiver build that everybody kind of looks for in there. But I think Corey Coleman might end up being the best guy out of that, even though he was injured for a long time in his in his rookie year. He still has that impact that goes down on the field. And I got to say, like, that's what – I mean, that's what you're kind of building up for. I have this argument all the time with Sixers fans, you know, because you have all those different assets that are there. And granted, the Eagles don't have a ton of them here. Uh, but what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe people have to be convinced – on guys like Brandon Cooks to just be like, yeah, a, a, a first rounder or whatever. I, I'm I'm very much like kind of all on the semi side of whatever it takes as long as it's not multiple first rounders or anything ridiculous like that. I, I think you have to go in and, and get this guy. And when you're saying, you know, John Ross, who we both love dearly, you know, wh- why even why even bother going to John Ross when you have a, in my opinion, the better version of him right there in front of you. For the most part, uh, and and again, it's just it, it works out in a couple of different ways too. Because if the Titans somehow make this deal or make this swap, it kind of takes them out of the wide receiver race. So uh, again, you can almost kind of guarantee that that might slide on down there or whoever's kind of going through there. And uh, just real quick, Teron, because this this I thought was pretty funny, and this came from Mary Kay Talbot again again today, uh, as we might continue to make fun of the Browns forever, but. Their sources are starting to to kind of trickle up there and get on that Mitch Mitch Tabrisky uh, train. I always screw up his name because I hate him so much. But uh, to take him number one overall, uh, and I don't know if that's more or less just sounds like a big bunch of bait to me because I I couldn't believe that the Cleveland Browns would actually kind of pass over him uh, or pass over Wentz rather than to the next year take a guy like Mitch, and I don't know what they were kind of thinking there, but you think that's just more baiting that's going on there around this time? Yeah, I think that's kind of like polishing the, the trophy that they have as far as the first-round pick is concerned, the number one pick. That's really what it's, what it's doing. And, I mean, you look, this was a team that had the only head coach and GM combo in uh, in, in North Dakota last year. For Carson Wentz, and what did they do? They turn around and, and traded the pick. So, it, it, a lot of the stuff that you'll see leaking out is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and you know they have a way of, of using us reporters as pawns in certain cases. And <laughs> I think that might be what's happening there. And then you also have to pair it with what Sashi Brown himself said yesterday. He said that they were open for business, and he said it would be irresponsible not to entertain offers for the first round, the number one pick. So. I mean that tells you a lot right there. Uh, they've already they already have two ones. They have two twos, two threes. This is a team with a lot of holes. So I wouldn't see any reason why they would not try to add more players by way of more picks in such a deep draft. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I'm kind of in agreement there with you, and I just kind of think that that's something to throw out there. We want to move on to some combine stuff, but I do want to get to that Chase Daniel thing. Ian Rappaport had said that people were interested in uh, possibly trading for Chase Daniel this week, and I pretty much also think that that's somebody in the Eagles organization saying, hey, Ian, put this out, please. Uh, And it almost makes me wonder, you know, 
that contract, I still come back to that every now and again. And this is one of those situations where you kind of look at it and go, yeah, uh, this is that's $6 million in a, in a semi-tight. Obviously, there's moves to be made, and I'm not exactly worried about the Eagles cap space, but you could use $6 million on the field somewhere. Like, that's, that's at least a, a flex starter somewhere on this team, and when you're paying that guy to sit on the bench and now you want to trade him a year later after you sign that semi-ridiculous contract, what's up with that, man? Why, why on earth would they have ever – done that in the first place so I think we've gone through the argument of you putting all those resources there because you're not sure what kind of quarterback you're going to have and blah 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 it's a small price to pay but not really I don't know I'm kind of I'm very bothered by this should I not be as bothered by this yeah I wouldn't really be bothered by it. I, I don't think that they're going to move him I think that it's it's a deal that you know in signing him that's a it's a deal that that you know they made with intention of having somebody who could be right there for Carson Wentz. That's what it's all about. Uh, again, a lot of their moves, pretty much all of their moves on the offensive side of the ball have been to make things proper for Carson Wentz to develop and be that guy that they traded up to get. So uh, along with that, uh, investing a bit of extra money. You know, obviously this was before the whole situation, you know, the trade up happened. But obviously, you know, this is a team that, that – wants to to do some things with the quarterback position. Chase Daniel was brought in initially to be someone who uh, was going to, you know, compete for a starting job with quotation marks around it. But at the same time, (laughs) his role has now shifted to being, you know, that guy to make that transition for Wentz smoother. And right now, while you have a quarterback that is is not being paid a large portion of, of the salary cap, you could afford to have a more pricey backup quarterback, and that's just the way things work. You know, that's one of the luxuries of having a quarterback that's a starter that you feel confident can do things now as well as in the future. You don't have to worry about, you know, um, having that big-time $20 million deal like the Redskins are dealing with uh, with Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. you, know, you don't have a big chunk put into one player. You have a good amount put into one position, but it's still less than that big portion that a lot of teams are dealing with. Yeah, and I want to touch on that Washington thing maybe a little bit because, uh, man, that is interesting that their general manager is not down there. So you start to add up all those little things about, you know, supposedly that, uh, Scott, they told him to go home uh, on February 20th, and then they said it was over, you know, grieving family stuff, and the only thing anybody could find was his grandmother that died. Uh, February third or sixth or something, and she was a hundred years old. So uh, I don't think that takes that long of a of a grieving process. And they had Chris Cooley on the station that they own almost hinted to remind everybody that he had a drinking problem again. And then all these things kind of kind of come out here. So and yeah, and and you know what? That's that's bush league. And Chris Cooley, he should be uh, punished for that. To be honest with you, there's no he has no business, you know, saying anything. Who is he to accuse him, even if that was an issue, the, the drinking problem, mm-hmm. even if that was one? You know what? At, at a certain point, you, you learn to mind your damn business, and that's what, what Cooley needs to do. I, I think that's, that's, that's terrible journalism. It's oh, yeah, terrible. it's awful. And uh, it's completely unacceptable. And, it, it, you know, I would tell Chris Cooley to his face that that's, that's punk stuff. You, you, don't, you don't dig into somebody's personal life. If the man's issue is that he has a uh, you know a death in the family that he's dealing with? Then you know what? You let him deal with it. it. 
it's it's at the end of the day, the way things you have, you know, God, family, football. That's how how this thing boils out. So anyone who's sitting here saying that he needs to put football before family is, you know, they need to learn how things fall in this whole ranking of life. And and Chris Cooley, I swear to you, it's that's that's totally unacceptable. And uh, you know, I lost all respect for him for saying that. Oh yeah, I, I lost a, a ton of respect for him a long time ago. But I, what I do find interesting about that, Teron, is the team did nothing about it. The station did nothing about it. They did. I almost, I almost think that they wanted that out there, you know. And and that's why he said it. Because why wouldn't they suspend him? Do something like how? Why would you bring up his drinking habits? And that was weeks ago. And then this thing happens. And it's just, it's a terrible situation. I hope that there's nothing that's detrimental to to Scott's health there or anything. I'm not. I, I would never wish that. But it's just such a weird organization that that would allow that to happen and I kind of now want to see Tehran fight Chris Cooley because that would be pretty awesome because I feel the same way I think he's a punk yeah uh, uh, I mean it's it's not a matter of wanting to fight or anything like that I'm just saying you know it's oh, I know terrible. you weren't I'm just saying it's I would I would I would pay uh, a charity to have you guys box or something that would be fun for me <laughs> Because because uh, I don't like him either. Um, uh, well, we'll get you know we'll that 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 stuff we'll keep an eye on uh, moving through because there's a lot of things to sort through and we're get that's just going to happen uh, throughout this uh, week here. I do want to get into a lot of the combine stuff because you were a busy busy man there to run. I, I know that uh, it was kind of weighing and reps and and seeing a lot of that, especially with uh, a, a lot of different running backs and things like that that were going on. Uh, I did want to mention just because the story is so awesome, James Conner. Uh, him and Carson Wentz have the the same agent, and they were working out in the off season. What did you make of this kid? Did you get a chance to kind of get around him and, and see what he's all about? Yeah, I, I actually did. And James Conner is an awesome story. Obviously, you know you have the ordeal that he went through with cancer. He had a clean screen last week, and everything is okay. He's obviously going to monitor that going forward. But um, in addition to that, you had the knee injury. And the guy is just—he's his story is great. You know, it's a human interest story. It's inspirational. You know, for someone to be able to go through what he did and be at that point that he is. And a lot of people don't don't realize that even when he first got to Pitt, he played defense too. <laughs> so you're looking at a guy that just—you know—he loves the game of football. So you have to respect that. But then. During the offseason, you know, in preparation for this, uh, I asked him about, you know, his agents who, who he's working with. And he said that he has done a lot of whiteboard work with Carson Wentz. He said that he's thrown, you know, he's run routes for him for Carson Wentz as well. So you obviously have a familiarity there. There's the, the need that the Eagles have for a big back. And Connor is a back that runs with a lot of power. He showed that he catch the ball out of the backfield this year as well. And I think that's a really good story. That's one of those feel-good stories. But it's not one of those stories that's a feel-good story because only uh, what he's gone through. It's a feel-good story because of what he's gone through and how well he is uh, as far as uh, the football side of things. So it's, it's a great thing for him. Uh, I'm really happy for him, you know, to be able to be here. He's a, a great kid. He has a presence. He's very respectful. Um, I, I think he's going to be a really good pro. Yeah, and his tape is is amazing. On on top of that, there's just a lot of things that you love uh, about his game. And uh, speaking of that, it's uh, it's you know, as we said, it was a very running back heavy day down there. 
Uh, Dalvin Cook opening up his presser and just saying that he's the best uh, running back in the draft. And you know, then uh, then I saw that you tweeted out that he's got a meeting with the uh, with the Eagles tonight, and that kind of set your Twitter on fire. There, what'd you make of uh, of Dalvin Cook there in his first appearance down at the combine? Yeah, uh, Cook actually is a very attractive option for the Eagles. Um, one of the things that I asked him about was just how his vision and footwork is is one, and you know, a lot of guys aren't like that. But that's what allows him to shift those running lanes the way that he is able to you know, and, and, and find a, a, a crease, you know, that backside crease and take it to the house. And he, he's a fit, you know, for a lot of these zone schemes that, that these teams run. Uh, he did say he's meeting with the Eagles. I asked him about his medical also, and he said he passed that with flying colors. So everything is good with him. Uh, they will have a bit of a question about his, you know, some of the things that happened in the past. But, you know, I'm not one who really allows that to keep me from, properly evaluating a prospect and uh, I think that he's a, a, a legit guy and he should be one of the higher picks in the draft uh, and and it got into uh, a, a, I guess where it was all the running backs doing uh, doing their bench reps today is that why everybody was kind of tweeting that out yeah yeah they're doing their bench and, and uh, I don't really like the way the setup is where you allow the fans and 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 uh, everybody to be there while they bench. I, I think that's a bad idea, but that is how it was set up. You know, okay. they have bleachers set up, and they have it, it kind of roped off, and you can stand on the side and watch these guys bench. So you saw some of the guys get down on there. Um, yeah, I guess Toronto to you know, was what I was going to say is, like, how much does that matter for a running back? Because, the, and like you said, uh, McCaffrey is had 10 reps, and most of the time I see on my timeline a lot of people going, oh, that's – it's about the same as a wide receiver, and then they they have the, all that discussion with him again, and then you see a guy, Benetton's uh, favorite, Samaji Perrin, freaking going going for 30, 30 bench reps at whatever it is, 225 or uh, whatever they were kind of repping down there. How much impact does that really have on somebody's draft status? Hey, it, it has an impact, you know. Uh, my man, my man Nate Harrison just stopped by out of, out of Temple. The, the to say what's up? Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Say what's up. Okay, you know? good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it, it has uh, it has something to do. I mean, you obviously want a guy who's stronger, but at the same time, you know, I can't tell you the last time someone was asked to to bench press on, on the football field, right? So, what really is is so important about that? I mean, it, yeah, it shows function, you know, that he's strong, but there's a lot of guys who are able to do a lot in the weight room, but they can't do anything on the field. So how does it transfer? Christian McCaffrey's game is not a, a, a power game. That's not what he's built on. His game is based off elusiveness, agility, hitting the open field, and running away from guys. And that's what he specializes in. And that's why you'll see him tomorrow do an awesome job, and everybody will be talking about how well he did in the field drills. Same thing with DJ Pumphrey. You know, Danelle Pumphrey had five reps on the bench. I don't care. Off the bench, on the football field, which is what you're drafting him to do, he's a playmaker. Same thing with McCaffrey. So it doesn't really have too much importance at all. Yeah, and it's just like you were saying uh, on our last episode there. It's just these some guys are just football players, and these things are are pretty meaningless at some point. It just could, like a guy like Kareem Hunt, who I see that you did 18 reps today. Sure, that matches up with how his game is, too. So, you know, you, you would expect if, I mean, only red flags if there if he's like, you know, three or four sets 
then probably you got to ask a few questions there. But, you know, 18 reps works with his game. 10 reps for, for McCaffrey works for his game and so on and so forth as it's going there. Uh, and is I, I guess did who is the most the, – uh, the guy that impressed you the most today, whether that's through talking to somebody or just kind of, you know, exploring more of – uh, their height, their weight, stuff like that. It was a little bit meat markish with some of the wide receivers I saw uh, today. Any any overall takes on on what you saw there, Teron? Yeah, I tell you, there were two guys: um, Deion Dawkins out of Temple and Garrett Bowles out of Utah. I really like Garrett Bowles because this is a guy. He, he's very athletic, right? Um, he's raw. He hasn't played football for a long time. I think two or three years. So you're getting a guy that you could mold into what you want as far as the tap is concerned. But I found it interesting to some of the things that he said. First and foremost, the guy at one point was homeless, right? So when you're in that type of situation, you know, and, and it puts things in perspective, right? There's nothing that could happen on the football field. And this is the same thing with James Conner. There's nothing that could happen on the football field that, that will rattle these guys, Right. I mean, this is someone who didn't have a place to live. James Conner, at one point, you know, he he was fighting something that that caused people to die, right? Yeah. So when you, you when you look at Garrett Bowles, um, the athleticism, he said that he's worked with uh, Joe Staley, and some of the things that he said, you know, he said he loves football because you could punch somebody in the mouth and 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 not get in trouble for it. <laughs> you know, you gotta love. That's what you want to hear from offensive linemen. You want that nasty, that mean streak, and that's what he has. Uh, Deion Dawkins, you know, one of the things I liked about him was just, you know, I got him to open up about the versatility. We discussed how, you know, playing inside and playing outside, how those are two different things, you know, how things happen so much faster on the inside than they do when they're on the outside, you know, at, at tackle. And, um, you know, he said his versatility is, is a positive thing because it's like you're buying a pizza and you're getting one for free. And I thought that was really <laughs> cool, you know, how he said that. But then even just, you know, um, speaking the, the temple toughness, you know, we just talked about Nate Harrison, the guy that came by. Um, you look at Nate Harrison, you look at Hassan Reddick, you look at um, uh, Jihad uh, Thomas, you look at, you know, Deion Dawkins. These guys are tough. You look at last year with Tavon Young, Tyler Matakavich, Matt Ioannidis. Toughness is something that is bred into a guy at temple. So I got him to talk about that, you know, just, just how his schedule works and, how you know they were they had to be accountable for each other and how they didn't want to do something bad to make one of the other guys have to uh you know run more than than he should have to run you know as far as when I say something bad I'm talking about you, you know not being on time for their their morning workouts or, or something along those lines you know and he actually talked about the Eagles too you know he said it's an organization that that he is so appreciative of for them allowing him to play at Lincoln Financial Field. He talked about, you know, the, the situation that had happened, you know, when he was in school and football was taken away from him for a moment. And he, he said how he purposely picked an apartment, a room, you know, because you could see the field from, from where his, uh, his room was, the school, his dorm room. And he said he purposely picked that room. And he looked down and he saw his brother's, playing, you know, football when he couldn't. And he saw somebody playing at the spot that he was playing in. And those are the things that you really like about 
you know, getting to talk to these guys because it, it comes out, you know, that personality, how important the game is to them. And, you know, it, it's not just a game to these guys. I mean, it's it's an opportunity to do something that, that's life-changing for themselves and their family. And, you know, when you talk to them, they really appreciate that. So those are two examples of guys that I was thoroughly impressed with. Well, and that's uh, – and to your point, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's <laughs> – how can you argue with that? Especially if they're down there in the interview rooms today, and and they say the same things that you just said. It's just like you know, what what are you going to ask James Conner about his toughness? What are you going to ask Deion Doggins about? You know, just like you said, hey, I heard you were homeless. Can you overcome anything? Like what? what, what you know, you can't really. You know that already. So it is that is very yeah. important, and we will look forward to. Uh, seeing a lot of those guys, and those are some some names to to keep uh, keep on there. Uh, anything else going on? Any whispers? Any uh, any rumors? Anything else that uh, you want to get out there tonight, Teron? No, I mean nothing really. Uh, everything is just kind of going at the the way it's supposed to go. I will say that a lot of the guys, the, the receivers, you know, a, a few of them, I, I heard that they're very happy with Mike Grow, the, the new receiver coach. Uh, so, so that's something to definitely hang your hat on because obviously receivers a position that is is one where you know a little more is to be desired. So that's something to look at. Uh, not really much else. I mean, the, the Eagles are hitting the running back circuit extremely hard. So that's something um, you know to look at. Uh, Brian Dawkins is out here. He was in a couple of the the meetings. Uh, a couple of the guys said so. That that's a cool thing that he's involved with the process and obviously he could get a good read on somebody and their leadership, their toughness, you know, because that's something that is, uh, you know, flows through his veins. So I'm pretty sure he's qualified for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep uh, keep an eye on everything. And obviously, uh, Tehran is down there, and it's, uh, it's starting to get exciting, folks, as uh, – uh, the wide receiver uh, measurements are starting to come in left and right, and uh, we'll get some more on that. And then, you know, the drills and all that good stuff start uh, start over the weekend here. So, uh, Teron, we appreciate it, buddy. Let the uh, the Indianapolis cuisine swarm uh, swarm you over with uh, places like uh, I don't even know what's down there anymore. Uno's Pizzeria and Papa oh, John's, <laughs> Tasting St. Elmo's. Oh man, it's all all types of places to go. Okay, so good. It's good. definitely going to be good. Um, just real quick, anybody. If they have questions that, you know, within reason that they would like for me to ask any of the prospects, you know, they could direct them to uh, to me through, you know, our, our handle here, the BGN Radio. Absolutely, so, at BGN you know, underscore radio. I think that's something. And also, uh, yeah, just, you can just do it uh, to uh, Tehran directly at uh, T Davenport underscore uh, NFL there, right? I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, we should, we should have a, uh, we'll, we'll try and think of it. We'll create a hashtag too, so we can just kind of, you know, see all those best questions, and we can get uh, Tehran on the case for some of the stuff that might be interesting in there. Well, Tehran, uh, we appreciate it, buddy. We will uh, we will talk to you very soon, my friend. Yes, sir. There he is, Tehran Davenport, uh, going to be there all week in Indianapolis. We're very excited about all this stuff. The rumor mill is going to start heating up here, and that's uh, that's kind of the exciting part of this. Just remember, most of this stuff's coming from agents. Most of this stuff is is for bargaining power. But I got to just say this again before I let you guys go. You want Brandon Cooks here. If there is a deal to be made for a first-round pick, you want him here. If it just is going to cost you 14 or 15, trust me. That's you know, Don't talk yourself out of this. Sure, I, I've, I've seen a lot of different things. I've seen what if Corey Coleman becomes the next T.O.? What if Mike Williams this? What if blah, blah, blah? And, and yeah, you're, you might be passing up on the best corner on earth. 
But this team, this quarterback needs somebody to throw to. You know, all of that. You we can you can make the argument. I would feel a little nervous about giving up on a on a highly touted defensive prospect. I get that part of it. What and it's the same thing that how I feel about Benny Logan and, and a lot of that. Like, oh man, I gotta reserve the fact that now he's gonna be gone. It's really gonna affect the defensive line. They have to find a replacement. And then you start thinking of all the other different holes. What comes down to it at the end of the day, and this is what you gotta keep reminding yourself, if Carson Wentz is good in year two and Brandon Cooks is is what he is, that's going to cover up a ton of different holes. It allows this offense to actually go out there and score points, go down the field, get into the red zone, and actually score a touchdown. It helps Zach Ertz. It helps Jordan Matthews. It helps everything on this offense. It's the same things that we've preached all offseason. Go find yourself a playmaker. You know, If you were okay with cashing your chips in the middle for Terrell Pryor, for trying to go get Alshon Jeffrey for you know, whatever whatever kind of price that you had in your head. And we're sitting here debating about Kenny Stills or Kenny Britt or any of those bargain bin guys, and that's what you're trying to wrap your hands around. And in the meantime, you are, you're hoping that the Eagles go draft an offensive playmaker. There is an offensive playmaker that wants to get – that is desperately trying to get off the team, I think. And this is – and it's you shouldn't take it as – Okay, the Saints, man, why would the Saints be doing this? This is the same football team that passed away on Malcolm Jenkins. It was just like, yeah, we don't need him here. Yes, we'll give Darren Sproles away for a fifth-round pick. Yes, we'll sign Jarius Bird for a shitload of money. Bet on stupid. If it's anything that I've learned from Sam Hankey, it's bet on stupid. And if and if Howie, and if we know Howie the way we know Howie, who's always been able to scoop the Saints at least so far, then I have a little faith. <laughs> at least in that regard, because that completely changes this football team. Honestly, having Brandon Cooks here makes you a possible playoff contender without going into the draft. As long as you believe that Carson Wentz makes that leap in year two and the, the elbow soreness and all that stuff that Jeff McClain was reporting about is whatever. I'm sure when you throw 600-plus passes, that's going to happen. It's not nothing, and I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but also, it's probably just rookie wall soreness. We've all been through that. And it's a main reason why it's important to find a bow cow running back along with all that. So if you get Brandon Cooks, it, it alleviates the pressure of that first-round pick, really. It, you just go, okay, because honestly, why wouldn't he be one of the top wide receivers in this draft class right now? That's what I don't understand. And, and again, it's if it is available and this thing is for real, they got to do almost everything in their power to try and get a deal done. Skip Tennessee, whatever it is. Brandon Cooks needs to be in an Eagles uniform, and that's where I'll leave that. This has been episode number 226 of BGN Radio, and we thank you for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and also BGNRadio.com. BGN Radio.